0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. So, today we're going to do what I haven't done um, in a while. We're going to do Positivity Sunday. It's all good all the time. Partly because it's been so unbelievably negative. Unbe- I mean, I legitimately do not remember ever, ever hearing this much negativity. Um, and maybe that's just recency bias. I know it was bad after the 49ers game, um, but I mean, it's been super crazy and dark. And also, I understand that there is a chance we lose this game and I'm going to have to endure this for for another week. Um, and who knows how much longer. So I'm, I want them to win for so many reasons. (laughs) There's a lot of reasons that they need to win this game. But we're going to look at basically best case scenario, and I, I figured one of the fun ways to possibly do that will be to just do some predictions. It doesn't have to be super realistic. Why do you need super realistic predictions? I want to get some kind of stat predictions kind of roughly off the top of my head. I mean, again, this is all just for fun, right? I mean, i it's possible A.J. Dillon carries the ball four times, but I mean, what if he does it 15 times? Does he get 100 yards? You know what I'm saying? Like... What if he carries it 10 times? I mean, I know 10 yards per carry is pretty impossible, but it's not impossible. I mean, if he gets a 50-yard run, he's halfway there, so... All right, maybe it won't be that ridiculous, but I, that's kind of where my head's at. And again, the assumption we're going to make is that the Texans are, you know, a one-win team that is floundering, that has the worst defense in football, and the number one offense in football is about to see that defense, and um, it's going to be a good old, grand old time. That's what we're talking about today. Number one offense versus the 32nd ranked defense. Now we do have to get uh, the injury situation out of the way. Um, David Bakhtiari officially not playing. Some people have highlighted the fact that you've got King, Bakhtiari, and Aaron Jones. Basically, we're getting a snapshot of what 2020 might look like, which in all honesty, I think is a good thing. I I think one of the, the best things coming out of last week is the stark realization that we need to pay David Bakhtiari. I'll be honest, I tend to think that it's far less noticeable when Kevin King and or Aaron Jones aren't on the field we'll see we'll see how bad it gets um, but but again just just getting this stuff out of the way quickly before we get to the the fun stuff if things are real bleak without Kevin King I tend to think it's because Josh Jackson does super terrible not because Kevin King is irreplaceable does that make sense and with Aaron Jones, Kind of the same thing, but from the opposite perspective. I think the Packers have positioned themselves to be something similar to what Minnesota, San Francisco, and those guys tend to do, which is you look at their top running backs and how good they are, and you think, man, that's a really good running back. And then they get hurt, somebody else comes in, they do almost as good. And and again, it's not, it's sort of like in fantasy football, where you have this ridiculous urge to go out and get like Pat Mahomes, Right. Why? Because he scores more points than anybody or Lamar or whatever it is on a year to year basis. But you get what I'm saying, right? Who scores the most points guaranteed? It's going to be this quarterback. So why is it that you're supposed to wait on a quarterback? It's not because they don't score the most points because they do. It's the fact of the matter is the difference in points between the number 1 quarterback and the number 8 quarterback compared to the number 1 running back and the number 8 running back is massively in favor of drafting a running back. Similarly, it's not that Aaron Jones isn't super, super elite. It's the fact that, and again, I'm, I, I'm not trying to state my case definitively that he needs to go away, we should never bring him in, we can replace him easily. I'm trying to toe the line very carefully here, but but the reality is not only is it true, that teams almost 100% of the time regret paying running backs because they tend to fall off. I mean, there is a hard wall at about 26 years old that unless your name is Frank Gore, you're probably not coming out of the other side of that looking looking real good. But the fact is, what is the absolute difference in our team with Aaron Jones compared to, let's say, Jamal and A.J.? Well, we don't know, but let's find out. And again, it's not even so much that I know Aaron or A.J. Dillon's going to come in and just be as good, because maybe he's not. But if he's not, it's not really, well, that's why we need Aaron Jones. It's why we kind of wasted a second-round pick, because... It's not that hard to find a replacement running back, and apparently we failed. But even then, I don't know that we pulled the trigger on Aaron Jones. It's kind of, shoot, now we don't have a good running back again. I guess we got to take more swings at it. Because finding a guy that can work in Matt LaFleur's system with the offensive line doing a fairly good job at at run blocking to where there's going to be a hole, can you get me five yards out of that hole? If you can, then you're the guy. Congratulations. And we already know A.J. Dillon can do it, and that's the problem. Now, granted, there are certain special plays that Aaron Jones is going to make that a lot of guys don't, but again, is that worth $12 million? Like, are we going to bankrupt the team? I was just talking to somebody right now about, you know, why don't we go all in? It's, it's, shouldn't we be all in? Aaron Rodgers is getting old, and it's like, we did go all in. Zedarius, Preston, Amos, Billy Turner, the fans got exactly what they wanted. We went all in and now we don't have any money. Now we can't afford to go out and get a wide receiver that we need or a defensive lineman that we need. We have to worry about which players we sign and don't play because we went all in. You can't go all in every year. That's not possible. We went all in, now we're in a financial bind. We have to figure out what to do with what we've got. Now you gotta live within your means. Right? It's like you it's it's like you saved up all your money to buy a car and it took you 4 years to save up for this car. And you drop 10 grand on a pretty nice car. And then it's the next year you're like, "Ooh, let's get another one. I want a new one." It's like, "What are you talking about? You you don't have any money." It's like, "Yeah, but but I mean, the I I want a new car. We did it last year?" Dude, if you want a new you got to save up all over again. Like we got to get the cap right. We got to figure out the financials here. So uh, the unfortunate reality is we we have to kind of pick and choose. Um but anyway, it's just, just Today we're going to get a glimpse, and a lot of people are going to be saying a toe-to-so, right? As soon as Josh Jackson has a pass caught on him for a touchdown, instantly we got to pay Kevin King. As soon as there's a sack off the left side of the line, we got to pay David Bakhtiari. As soon as, you know, Jamal gets tackled in the backfield, this is why we need Aaron Jones. He would have busted outside, A.J. Dillon drops a pass in the flat. Nope, get rid of him, he's a bum. Pay the man fifteen million dollars. I don't care what it costs. Aaron Jones stayed, but that is critical to think about because we do do doom and gloom. And to be honest, we didn't have um, we didn't have Kevin King last week, and a few people pointed out that they thought that it was terrible. I don't, I'll be honest, I didn't really notice. Something else I'd like to put out there while we're at it because I wanted to look at what the grades were and whatnot. Um, Kevin King's been grading out horribly. Josh Jackson's been worse, but you know, it hasn't really been all that noticeable. He had. Uh, five passes caught on him for 23 yards, and a touchdown. There was a touchdown, but he also has a pass breakup in there. Here's the other thing I'd really like to see, and I've been I've been pumping Josh Jackson for a while now, and I'm, I'm all in on let's give the man a shot and all that stuff, but you know what? Now that we have an opportunity, somebody else I'd like to see, I'd like to see Kadar Holman, and I've been the biggest anti-Kadar Holman person in a, be, just because of where he got drafted. I, I remember looking at it and saying, I don't think there's been a single sixth-round pick cornerback that's been any good, like not one. I think I even looked at that. There were, you know, you got some solid undrafted free agents, a couple of decent fifth round picks, maybe even like a seventh round pick, but, or no, it was maybe this specific pick. I don't remember what it was, but it just, it just felt like there's no way. Now, Kadar hasn't played all that much, but he is, he's, I don't think he's ever had a bad game. He took four snaps in week seven. That's it. Uh, I mean, of last year, obviously, that would have been confusing. He had a 79.5 overall grade. One target, zero receptions. So it, you know, okay, whatever. It doesn't mean anything. He played five snaps against Detroit, zero targets, zero receptions, 64 overall grade because you know it's just when you don't have to do anything, it's just kind of a 60. Week four against Atlanta, he played uh, 12 snaps, 11 in coverage, three targets, zero receptions, and a pass breakup. Week six against Tampa Bay, he played strong safety. Apparently, he played five snaps in run defense, didn't really have to do anything apparently, so he had a, basically a 60 overall grade. So in 2019 he had a seventy-nine point five overall grade, zero targets, zero receptions. In twenty twenty he currently has a sixty-seven overall grade, mostly because he hasn't had to do anything, but he has a seventy-five overall tackling grade. He's had three targets, zero receptions, and a pass breakup. He has been targeted four times, never once has the ball been caught, and he has a pass break. He has more pass breakups than receptions against him. Now it's probably a fluke, but again, Let's figure out exactly what we have in this team, because we have an opportunity now to figure out if we can move on from Kevin. And I'll be honest, I'm, I'm ready. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm ready to move on regardless. I'm not ready to pay the guy. He's been consistently one of the worst cornerbacks in the league. That hasn't changed this year. I've been hearing about, well, when he's healthy, when he's healthy, blah, blah, blah. I keep hearing that. I'm just kind of over it. Now, I know it can get a lot worse than Kevin King. I acknowledge that fully and totally and completely but am I willing to to keep him on a rookie contract? For sure. Am I willing to say he's maybe our second best corner? Yeah, sure, fine. Am I willing to pay him big boy money to stay our corner for the next five years? Absolutely not. I'm done. I'm over it. His grades over four years, 51, 56, 62, and now a 57. His last two games, he graded out 56 and 47 against New Orleans. I know the Packers really like him, so maybe they're going to keep him, but Not so much for me. So again, I I know this isn't the fun part. This is the, we talk about injuries and replacements and all that kind of stuff, but it is what it is. But again, think about the magnitude of it, and then, then think about David Bakhtiari. Can we even contemplate having any kind of a conversation similar to what we're having about Kevin King and Aaron Jones with David Bakhtiari? How many times have we seen when guys get hurt and replacement tackles come? It's just a different thing. When you've got an elite tackle, whether it's David Bakhtiari or Brian Balaga, and then you get a guy like Jason Spriggs, who was a second-round pick that we traded up for to come in and try to replace him, the second they come in, you see the difference. I, again, I didn't really notice Josh yet. I know there was a touchdown reception. I know that. And everybody lost it because it was one play that they caught a touchdown, and we just assumed Kevin King never would have allowed a touchdown. He would never do something like that. The second... And, and, and the second David Bakhtiari went out last week, we knew right away there was a problem. So, in my mind, it, it's become clear. I, I It wasn't really very obvious to me at first, but just when you think about the replacement and what that means, the difference between King and no King, the difference between Aaron Jones and no Aaron Jones, which remains to be seen. I still am curious how that's going to pan out, and I honestly think worst-case scenario, Jamal's going to get 15 carries, A.J. Dillon gets four. And all we're going to figure out is that Jamal is not a very good running back, which we kind of knew to begin with. He's fine. He's he's going to get you four yards. And he's a better blocker and he's a better receiver. I get all that. I want to know if we have a running back in A.J. Dillon. That's what I want to find out this week. Please let us find out that this week. Desperately want to know that. But, you know, no left tackle. We're going to need to run. We're going to need somebody to come in here and help block. LaFleur, I'm going to just kick you right in the sternum, dude. Don't mess with me. We got, do we got pork carnitas today. We're making up, that's uh, pork tacos. I'm, I'm learning. I'm brushing up on my culture. Also, you know what else I found out that I didn't realize? Pretty much everything that we consider Mexican food is not Mexican food. I had no idea. It's Tex-Mex. Tacos and burritos and nachos and all that stuff, that's all Tex-Mex. That's not Mexican food. I just, there was a Mexican chef. I was just, like, flipping through Facebook, watching videos and stuff, and he's like, yeah, all that stuff that you guys, and he's like, that's great food. It's delicious, but that ain't Mexican food. Also, I kind of want to try Mexican food sometime. It looks kind of good. I'm just saying. I mean, granted, they do a lot of crazy meat, like mystery meat stuff that I'm not super into. You know, brain and organs that are too mature to even talk about here and whatnot, but, I mean, like a straight-up pork thing. I'm down, man. Let's do it. Anyways, I just, I would like tacos and fried rice. Don't ask. It's just a thing that we're doing. Because I kind of figured out how to make it, and my buddy's coming over, and he's like, mm, I want to try real fried rice sometime. I'm like, yeah, we should try it. Not like white people fried rice, where you just make rice, and then you dump eggs in it, and put soy sauce, which tastes like garbage. I don't know if you ever made that. It's terrible. Don't do that. It's a mistake. Also, while we're on it, you know what? Let's, let's, I'm having fun now. Now I'm starting to have fun. Let's get the rest of the injuries out of the way, and we'll, we'll move into fun territory. I'm tired of talking about nasty... Terrible things. All right, out for the Green Bay Packers David Bakhtiari, Tyler Irvin. Uh, Kevin King is doubtful. I'm assuming he's out. Uh, Tyler Lancaster, Darnell Savage, and then we've got questionables for Preston Smith, Robert Tanyan, Tunyon whatever, Corey Lindsley, which would be devastating, Montravious Adams, and Aaron Jones, which also Corey Lindsley. The guy who's been fantastic this year, although his pass blocking was suspect last week, and I know he missed a bunch of reach blocks, but they still graded him as a fantastic pass, run blocker in that game. I don't know, PFF probably looked at it and said, yeah, he was never getting there. No center's getting to this. He's getting to that guy. We're not going to... I don't know. But again, he's been fantastic, and we get a little bit of a glimpse at what happens when Mr. Lindsley goes out. I tend to think centers are fairly replaceable, so I don't think he's going to stay But he is making about as good of a case as you could possibly make for a center to get paid. If not by the Packers, somebody's going to pay this guy because he's playing out of his mind. So that one worries me. For the Texans, they're basically completely healthy. Jordan Atkins, the tight end, is questionable. Uh, Peter, something linebacker, I don't know, also questionable. Everybody else seems like they're good to go. So that's fantastic. What the heck are these guys doing that they all got hurt? What, What are you doing? I, I, it's that bye week. That bye week is stupid. Everybody's hanging out again. They're not even allowed to go to the gym. So I mean, granted they could have been doing, you know, DDP yoga or something in their in their rooms. But you know, you're getting cold. You're getting stiff, and then you got to go run out and play a football game. You start hurting yourself, and now everybody's hurt. Stupid bye week, dude. It's the worst. Anyways, I'll tell you what. Why don't I just start off right now by saying thank you very much to Anthony for jumping in on Patreon. I really do appreciate that. Um, He added in Road to Retirement. Um, Look, when I started doing this, I felt super, super, super uncomfortable asking for stuff. At some point, and I don't know when it happened, a switch flipped and I just was on a warpath to be able to do this full time and it doesn't even bother me anymore. We're still very far away. I have said pretty consistently that... um, if everybody listening to this which on a daily basis we're talking 3000 people today will listen to this but over the course of a month closer to 25000 people will have listened to this if everybody listening gave a dollar a month and i'm not even talking about the 25000 let's just say the 3000 on a daily basis i'm not saying i can live on 3 grand a month but you throw in ad revenue maybe plus let's face it most people are not giving a dollar they're giving i think on average it's closer to 3ish dollars but again it, it it is a very real possibility. I just got to make a show worthy of a dollar a month, and I'm hoping one of these days I'm going to get there for you. One of these days you're going to hear an episode, and you know what? You're going to say, that, that right there, that is worth a dollar. So if you're feeling it, and I understand times are tough for a lot of people. I'm not asking anybody to stretch their budget, and I'm not saying that sarcastically. I'm not at all. I've been there many times in my life, including roughly around where I'm at now, where every little extra expense, even a dollar, is like, we can't justify that. Especially when it's just donating to a guy who's giving you stuff for free, right? Makes sense. But if you're a little bit on the other side of things, got a little bit of extra scratch, you know, you go out to eat once in a while, you bring in donuts to work, give a little bit to charity here and there, I'm asking you to consider a buck a month. That's it. One dollar a month. Think about it. You know, your monthly budget meeting with, with the spouse. See if you can squeeze it in the conversation. So there's this guy, he's keeps bothering me about a dollar yeah you just give him a dollar i'll let you buy that thing you want i don't know that that's probably how it would sound if i did it but you know you you got your own relationship think it over patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy you can find it there um if you don't like patreon there are other options that i have you know links and whatnot to some people just give directly on facebook that goes to paypal that works otherwise again share it with your friends Ad revenues based on how many people listen. If we can, you know, double or triple where we're at now. In other words, tell two friends. Get them listening. We're in great shape. And always remember to hit the little reminder um, so that when an episode pops up, you remember, hey, there's an episode. I should listen to that. Sometimes you forget. I know what that's like. I'm super behind on podcasts, just like everything else in life. But anyways, let's take a break. And then um, we'll start having fun because I'm, I'm, I'm on a roll talking about food right now. And that gets me excited every time. Make sure... while you're lazing around, maybe at halftime, whatever, maybe you're just sitting around on your phone, check out ironjock.com, I-R-O-N-J-O-C. Just see if there's anything that interests you there. There isn't, by the way, going to be a player of the game. Uh, We're going to think of some other way to do that. Still got a bunch of these things to give away, but I want to try to slow down, get caught up, regroup, and uh, we'll, we'll get this thing going again. But, I mean, we'll, we'll still have, feel free to drop in who you think your player of the game is going to be. I'm still down for the predictions. There's just nothing to win for it. But again, Iron IronJock, I R O N J O C dot com, got polo shirts, vests, workout shirts, long and short sleeves, sweatshirts, shorts, socks, and underwear, running jackets, hoodies, and pants. And they've got the secret special ingredient in every single one of these things your buddy, Silver Ion. It's these little things that live inside your uh, clothing that are evil serial killers that that hate fungus and the second anything that's living attaches itself to this fabric these maniacal beasts come out and destroy them now they're not going to hurt you only bacteria and fungus these are crazy horrible psychos that actually really like you and get mad when anybody messes with your clothing sounds weird but it's science man i don't know maybe you don't know about science i know a lot about science i'm the best at knowing about science The special fabric is also wicking and fast-drying. It is breathable and anti-static, which is amazing around wintertime when you take your hoodies off, your shirts off, whatever, and you just hear the popping and crackling and your hair standing up and you touch something and you get zapped by like a lightning bolt. Not going to have much of that with this stuff. Also, Endurotech Plus fabric is water repellent. You can find that in their long pants, shorts, hoodies, and running jackets. So be sure to check out IronJock.com, I-R-O-N-J-O-C.com. Follow them on Facebook and on Twitter at IronJock. Also, remember to check out my bookie, where money literally grows on trees. Can you lie in a tagline? You can lie in a tagline, right? Otherwise, I'll just say figuratively. It'll—it's it, fine. It's also kind of a lie, but it's—it's it's a gray area. Between the NFL, college ball, and MLB playoffs, there's no shortage of games to watch. With thousands of lines available in all your favorite sports and events, you can never turn your game day into payday with my bookie. I ruined that whole thing by saying never. I just added never, which made the whole thing the opposite. You can turn game day into payday with my bookie. Not that you can never do it, because you can do it. That's the whole point of this this thing here. I should delete it, but I'm I'm just feeling good today. We're leaving it in. But again, if you got a little bit extra scratch, a little bit extra cash, bring it on over to my bookie. Set yourself up an account. Use promo code overtime. They're gonna double that amount of money, whatever it is. Could literally be a thousand dollars. They're gonna be like, all right, here's another thousand bucks. Go have fun. That is the maximum. I mean, you can't do ten thousand. That would be—you um, might be disappointed to find out you're only getting a thousand bucks. But whatever it is you're into, if you're a seasoned pro and you already know your thing and you got your parlays all lined up or whatever, looking for that big payday, I kind of want to do that sometimes. It's like a new popular thing everyone's doing, and it's like I could—I could totally hit on one of those. I just—you know—I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. But don't forget they've also got live betting, so you want to get in there. Get your account set up. Get in there right when the game's going. You can bet on a halftime score, who scores the first touchdown. You can vote on who's going to win the president. What the, you know, I think you can bet on global warming. I don't, I don't know how that works. Pretty sure you can do it, though. All I know is you need to sign up today to begin your winning season exclusively at MyBookie. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. So, breaking news, um, Aaron Jones Travels will attempt to play Week 7. Also, Robert Tunyon expected to play so I mean I don't want to sound I feel like I'm going to sound a certain way and I'm not trying to but I really just don't want Aaron Jones to push it if he doesn't have to and I don't know if this is just speculation because he's traveling with the team and they're just saying well you know we'll see but really it's just going to be a game time decision and at the end of the day they're going to decide he's not going to play so he may still get shut down or if this is like a definitive from the team they're going to suit him up they're going to put him out there and just kind of monitor him and if he starts feeling some tightness or whatever they're just going to pull him i I just don't want the dude getting shut down for the next six weeks because we got to push him for the texans we got running backs man again worst and maybe and that's the thing when you look at worst running defense in the league are you thinking we can manage with the guys we've got because they're terrible are you thinking we can dominate this whole game by putting our best running back in in other words we will just win this with aaron jones and I don't know if we can just take this game over with the other guys. You can kind of come at it from both angles. I, I tend to look at it from we'll be okay, especially if I have faith in my team, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Robert Funyon. I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. But I'm actually right this second because I want to tell you to do something, and I'm going to forget if I don't do it right now. I'm currently typing in general. It's not an announcement. This is in the Flick chat. So if, you don't, if you're not in there, I'm going to try to remember to put a link up um be sure to get in there because it is a lot of fun to be able to chat with everybody right during the game in a specific chat for this but you can set up separate little discussion comment areas i just dropped my phone on myself and now there's memes which is hilarious game day meals thread i want to know what you got cooking man i'm going to add in that photos are strongly encouraged all right done make sure you get in there i genuinely want to know i just super amped up Alright, so that kind of throws a wrench in my plans a little bit, but we'll still, we're will still we going to make this work. Let's start off with Mr. Aaron Rodgers. So as of right now, the Houston Texans are giving up an average of 246 yards through the air. There are only two teams that we've faced so far that have given up more. Those are the Atlanta Falcons and the Minnesota Vikings. Well, if we look at Mr. Aaron Rodgers and what he's done so far this year... Obviously, Tampa was the worst at 160, New Orleans 283, Detroit 240. The two games in question, Minnesota 364, Atlanta 327. So he's cracked 300 yards with those two terrible defenses. Maybe even more interestingly, um, over the last three weeks, despite the fact that I've said Houston's offense seems to have picked up the last couple weeks, the defense has not. Over the last three weeks of the season, 293 yards given up. Last week, Houston gave up 344 yards. Seems as though their defense is continually getting worse and worse. So the biggest question, is Aaron Rodgers going to crack 300 yards? Here's the only question I have. It's not that he can't do it, because I think if we decide to sit back and launch the ball around, yes. But again, remember, worst run defense in, in football right now. Against Detroit, Aaron Jones went ran absolutely wild. Aaron Rodgers only threw for 240 yards. We scored 42 points in that game. He only threw for 240 yards because we dominated so much on the ground. So, I'm going to... Uh, I don't think Aaron Jones plays a full game. And I don't think Aaron Rodgers, or excuse me, Matt LaFleur, as much as he loves running the ball and whatnot, although we do want to keep the ball away from the other team, which means keeping it on the ground a little bit. I'm going to say we do better than Detroit and New Orleans, a little under 300, I'm going to say 290, and three touchdowns. I'm going to write this down. In fact, I'm putting it in Flick Chat. I'm at a complete loss for the running backs. Maybe what I should do is look at it as a unit, but that, that just ruins the whole th- I was really excited about giving a stat line for A.J. Dillon. I don't know if the man's even going to get a, you know, more than three snaps in this game if Aaron Jones is playing. Or maybe it's just to mess with the Texans, I guess? I don't know. You get them thinking Aaron Jones is going to play, and then you just sit them. I mean, at this point, the Texans kind of have a game plan. It, it just It is what it is, right? So what good is that going to do? They're as prepared for A.J. Dillon, Jamal, and Aaron Jones as they're going to be. I feel like at this point, you can can kind of let your guard down. Man, this sucks. Let's look at Devontae while I contemplate that further. So Devontae against Minnesota, that was his big game. 156 yards and 14 receptions and two touchdowns. Detroit is when he got hurt. He didn't really come back until the Tampa game, which was a disaster. So we can kind of just throw everything out except week one. And I really do think the Texans are going to essentially play old school how to stop the Packers football and see if the Packers are able to actually overcome that. They have been in the past, but against Tampa, they couldn't figure out what they were doing. But my starting plan is take Devontae away, stack the box so that Aaron Jones can't go anywhere. In other words, don't let him run double team Devontae, best of luck to everybody else. The Packers should be able to overcome that with Tunyon the Funyon, a little bit of MVS and whatever else, right? Get Jamal going in the passing game. They don't have a good enough pass rush. They don't have the coverage linebackers. They don't have the elite safeties. They don't have all that other stuff that that Tampa had to be able to throw a wrench in any of that. So it's kind of one of those things where do we do we beat him up so badly that they back off of that and then Devonte starts to open up or is Devonte just keep getting covered up and we just have to keep going in other directions because they're never going to uncover the guy and granted he's still going to get open he's going to run these little quick routes and all this kind of stuff to get to get some receptions but if they 100 percent commit to taking him away i don't know i'm going to go a little under 100 i'm going to say similar to the detroit game last year 13 targets 7 receptions 93 yards and a touchdown somewhere in that range all right. So as I as I read this, it seemed like it was a little bit of a clickbaity headline. It says NFL Networks Tom Pelissero reports Packers running back Aaron Jones has traveled to Houston with the team and remains a game time decision for Week Seven. It goes on to add that Green Bay's medical staff has a history of being cautious, which again they did that with Devontae as well. It says if Jones isn't a hundred percent, he won't go. That's the quote. Well, he's not going to be a hundred percent. That likely means Jones is still set to miss this week. All right. So we're, I'm 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 saying he's not playing. So now the question is what's the split? Because we have to assume it's Jamal and A.J. Dillon, and Dexter probably doesn't touch the ball. Um, he's there kind of just in case of emergency, right? If, if another guy gets hurt, then it's going to be split between Dexter and so-and-so. So this is it's a little bit weird. Just looking at uh, week six, and I don't, I don't know how much this factors into anything, but rushing attempts. There were 19 total attempts. Aaron Jones had 10, A.J. Dillon had five, Jamal had four. Highest-graded running back in that game was A.J. Dillon. Aaron Jones was actually the lowest-graded running back. Now, I know a lot of this just means, well, A.J. Dillon had five garbage-time carries, and Jamal it doesn't necessarily mean A.J. Dillon was our number-two guy because he wasn't. He just had more garbage-time carries than Jamal had the whole game. But it's still a little bit interesting, especially when, again, you factor in that A.J. Dillon was a higher-graded player than Jamal and Aaron, as he has been pretty much for the most part this year. Because I'm just trying to look at what the splits were. If we go back to week four, Aaron Jones had 15, Jamal had 8, A.J. Dillon had one carry. So we could possibly use that as a baseline. Jamal gets 15, A.J. gets 8. I know that's not what any of us want, but it just feels like that's the way the Packers operate. I mean, whether it's McCarthy or Lafleur, it's just a matter of the guy I like, the guy I trust is getting 15 carries. The next guy's getting a little less than 10. Week three, it was much of the same. Aaron Jones, 16. Jamal, 6. Now, it's possible we're looking at this and saying, yeah, but it's there's not a stark difference between Aaron Jones and, and or, excuse me, A.J. Dillon and Jamal Williams the way there is Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. But I don't know that that's necessarily true because, again, we're only talking about as a running back. If we're just talking about as a running back, yeah, we could almost call them the same guy. So it would be closer to a 50 50 split. But again, remember, Jamal Williams is a great receiver and has proven to be a really good pass blocker. Although he's really not grading out all that well this year, he has throughout. The history of his career, and he's he's a much more trusted guy. He knows what to do, where to stand, where to go, all that kind of stuff. And if A.J. Dillon doesn't, again, he's really just a plotter. We're just putting him in there to smash through a hole, and that that immediately takes away the complexity of what we're able to do. And, and Lafleur doesn't want to lose that level of complexity. So I, as much as it makes me sad, I can't get away from the fact that that's probably what we're going to see. Maybe not. I mean, it, 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 at some point, we got to take the training wheels off A.J. Dillon and say, you have to block, you have to catch passes. Go out and do it. I mean, there are other guys that started week one, right? Clyde Edwards, elair week one. He's out there. He's blocking, he's catching, he's running, he's doing all that stuff. So we can't baby these guys forever. But again, there is that trust factor that I know Jamal's not going to mess up. Some of these other guys are going to mess up. And you look at it and say, well, that's what happens when you're a rookie. Lafleur's like, nah, well, that's why I don't play rookies. Not tolerating it. So it's making me sad, and it's not a guarantee, but that's what I'm going to say. However, I'm going to look kind of at week two as the standard, where where Aaron Jones ran all over the Detroit Lions. He had 18 carries. Jamal had eight. A.J. Dillon had five. Tim Boyle had two. That's great. But I'm going to say Dexter doesn't get as many as A.J. Dillon, so I'm going to take all these 31 carries, split them up between Jamal and A.J. Dillon. And I also don't really see Jamal getting 20-plus carries. I feel like if we're going to really smash the ball down somebody's throat that much, maybe we are going to look at A.J. Dillon a little bit more. Man, this is this is tough. I'm going to say 18 carries for Jamal, 13 for A.J. Dillon. And I do think A.J. Dillon runs the ball better than Jamal. In fact, I'm just going to stick with... Uh, Jamal's been getting 4.3 yards per attempt. I'm going to bump that up to 4.5 because it's the Texans. So 18 carries, 81 yards... I'll say he has one touchdown. Whether that's a rushing touchdown or a receiving touchdown, just don't worry about it. Maybe that's one of Rodgers' 3, maybe he gets one on the ground. I don't know. I'm not trying to figure it out so that the math works out perfectly. Just don't worry about it. AJ Dillon on the other hand is remember, so right now AJ Dillon's getting 5 yards per attempt. He's only facing stacked boxes. He's only facing stacked boxes at the end of the game and he's currently averaging 5 yards per attempt. So I'm going to say he gets I'm going to say he gets 6 yards per attempt. 13 carries, 78 yards. I'm also saying he gets a touchdown because obviously we're not putting Aaron Jones in at the goal line. We may be putting Jamal in, but I just I just feel like, you know what, with Aaron Jones not there, why not? If we're right on the goal line, within five yards, why not put in A.J. Dillon? And I know Jamal is kind of a smasher too, and I think A.J. Dillon doesn't quite use his power 100% to his advantage, but I think he gets an opportunity. And I think, again, maybe it's a receiving touchdown. I don't know, but he's getting one. So Devontae, Jamal, and Dylan each have a touchdown. That's what I'm saying right now. 13-78 and a touchdown. Jamal, 18-81 and a touchdown. And I'll also say this. If the Packers win the game and Dylan goes for over 100 yards, Packers Twitter, Packers Facebook is just going to have a fantastic week. Winning is winning, but if we win somewhat comfortably, by by seven or more, and A.J. Dylan goes for over 100, we should all just get together and have a party. Like, for real. I just made all the... Which made a lot of people mad. It's, it's a joke. We're not all going to get together. <laughs> COVID. I'm joking. Relax. Jeez. Can't even joke about having a party with Packer fans celebrating the Packers. And then I think uh, we'll switch over to the defense. I'm not even going to do MVS because I don't know. I don't expect much, but it's really just, for me, it comes down to, is he going to get that one big deep pass or not? Right? Because maybe he'll get his two catches for 30 yards. Maybe he'll get three for 105. I don't know. I just, I don't care. Funyun, I don't know. I mean, again, I'm putting the uh, stat predictions up. I haven't posted it yet because I'm still... Where is it? It just deleted all of that. It just deleted all of it! I'm going to cry. Whatever. I'll post it up. The stats might be a little different than what I said, but let's look at the defense. That is super annoying. i got to type it somewhere else so that I can transfer it later. All right, I think I got it. All right, so defense now. Now, with Savage out, I do expect Kadar Holman to be out there quite a bit, especially now that they're starting to um, put him at safety, which I generally don't like. Um, I generally don't like moving guys around. That's what I said about Josh Jackson in general. Like, Tell this guy what you want him to do and make him really good at it. Maybe safety is going to be his thing. I don't know, but I am excited about him. And, and I would like the opportunity to see him at corner, but I don't think we're going to see that. It's going to be Jair. It's going to be Chandon in the slot. It's going to be Jackson outside. Hopefully Jackson can step up again. One of the better scenarios is that Jackson really does have um, a great year, I guess, and, and we trust him enough to at least move on from King. And then if we got to draft somebody, we got to draft somebody. But I really want to know as much as is possible about the two guys that we have waiting in the wings. And I wouldn't be super upset if Kadar get some opportunities outside here's one prediction though we've got one guy that we know is is very very good he's never had a really bad day he's had some down like last week was down a little bit for mr jair alexander he's still the number one corner in football why because everybody has down down days the fact that he hasn't had a terrible day i mean look at aaron Rodgers. he was a number one quarterback for a long time he's no longer graded as the number one quarterback why because he had a terrible day right that, that's what really drops you. When you have somewhat of a bad day, but you've never really had a really bad day. Here's the thing, though. I've talked a lot about Mr. Deshaun and, and how really talented he is and how, how good of a quarterback he is, but he's far from perfect. He's thrown his fair share of interceptions, and whether that's the fault of his offensive line or just poor decisions, occasional bad throws, whatever, he's been known to throw a couple. He's got five on the season, which means roughly one per game. Also... I'm, I'm kind of thinking, uh, think, 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 getting some flashbacks, if Preston doesn't play or possibly is a little bit more limited, that would mean an increased role for Rashawn Gary, something that I think should have happened a long time ago. Anyways, again, I think it has to do with trust and versatility. Preston can drop and all that kind of stuff, whereas Zedarius is a little bit more, I think, like, or excuse me, uh, Rashawn is a little bit more like Zadarius, where it's more or less just go get the quarterback. Um, on the previous interceptions that we've had, the pick six by Chandon Sullivan and the interception by Jair Alexander both of them came on Rashawn Gary pressures they uh he got right in the face of the quarterback quarterback threw an ill-advised throw and caused both of those interceptions i think i believe we're going to see a pick i believe it's going to be by Jair Alexander could be by any could be by anybody but i think it's going to be based on a Rashawn Gary pressure that's my one sort of like look into the 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 glass crystal ball prediction out there based on nothing I just I think it's going to happen you got a bad offensive line you're going to see an increase in Rashawn Gary I'm, I'm just going to remove Jair from the equation on this because I don't want to get a little I don't want to get too crazy and if we're talking about an errant throw that's just kind of wild and crazy it could be anybody it just depends where the ball ends up it could be Kadar it could be Amos it could be Chandon it could be whoever It could be a linebacker I don't know that's my one kind of wild and crazy prediction. I'm also going to throw in Zadarius does get a sack in this game, which should seem like nothing, but it is something because we need more from Zadarius. Zadarius does tend to get a decent amount of pressures. I don't know if Preston's going to be out there, um, and if so, how much. I do expect somewhat of a, a heavier dose of Rashan, but I don't know if it's going to be all that much to be putting too many predictions on Rashawn outside of the one that I made. But I think the uh, D- Deshaun goes down on the ground at least once, and I think Zadarius is going to be the guy to do it. Probably on a third down. Fairly critical third down. That's when the guys seem to get amped up a little bit. But I think I'm going to leave it at that. Those are my predictions. My official predictions as of now, which may be changed, but I think I got it right. Aaron Rodgers, 290 yards and three touchdowns. Devontae Adams, seven receptions, 93 yards and a touchdown. Jamal, 18 carries for 81 yards and a touchdown. A.J. Dillon, 13 carries, 78 yards and a touchdown. Again, don't know if that's rushing or receiving. I'm just saying they're getting touchdowns. How sweet would it be if if on the goal line, A.J. Dillon gets a receiving touchdown? That would just be perfect because you know the defense is seeing a 250-pound running back in the backfield. They're going to crash down real hard trying to stop that thing, and you get Dillon to just slip out the side. Mm. I'm just saying. In addition, Zadarius has one sack, and my one wild and crazy prediction is an interception on a Rashawn Gary pressure. Might as well close it out with a with a point, um, point total. I did put one in the newsletter. Again, uh, packdraft.com forward slash newsletter is how you can sign up for that. That was a much more pessimistic uh, prediction based on not really trusting the defense all that much and saying that we win very narrowly in a shootout. But for the theme of today being a... Uh, Dominant offense against a terrible defense and somewhat of a better performance from our defense based on a couple big plays, which is usually when our defense does well, it's because you've got a critical sack. Not because we stop them on a play-to-play basis. It's they're they're driving, they're driving, we can't stop them, and Zadarius comes up big on a sack and then they have to punt. And then on the next drive... Rashawn gets a hand right in the quarterback's face, he launches a ball up, we get a pick, get another touchdown, and then the game is just kind of out of control. Even if it's a one-for-one, we score, you score, we score, you score, it's still we win by 14 points, right? So I'm going to say of those touchdowns, we know one passing touchdown goes to Devontae. I'm going to say one of those passing touchdowns goes to one of the running backs, and one of those is a rushing touchdown, which means there's still a lingering touchdown out there. Possibly Tanyan, I don't know. I'm going to say Packers win... 34 to 24. And again, that's a pretty low score for the Texans, but I think they do a pretty good job moving the ball, but the defense comes through in a couple big plays um, And again you're, you're essentially talking about two potential touchdowns that we turned we just took away from them. you know 24 plus 14 is 38. so they were on the path to 38 but just lost the ball twice. So 34 24 Packers. make sure you get into Flick chat. I want to see what you're eating. I want to know all about the game day meals. I might even do some other threads for other game day stuff because I'm just curious. I'm not doing anything cool, but any kind of lucky gear, I want to know what it is. And I want to see what your your man cave looks like if you got one. I don't. I'm just in the living room with my 34-inch TV with kids all over the place and zero packer stuff anywhere. But I know some of you guys got some pretty cool setups. So I'll probably get that set up in the Flick Chat. Make sure you get in there. I'll post a link to all that stuff. But have a great day. Try to enjoy it. It's not going to be perfect. A win is a win. Go Packers. I'll talk to you tomorrow for Victory Monday. Have a good one. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.